The 218th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win 54 to 53. North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good. Fred Brown looking. Oh, wait a worthy. Worthy five. The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champions. Love guarded by Keels, gets a screen, pulls up for three. Got it! Caleb from straight away! Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys. Roughly six, seven hours after Carolina went on the road. No, more like eight, nine hours. Since Carolina went on the road to Raleigh and fell to the rival Wolfpack 77-69 to in a game that uh, probably ended their season for all intents and purposes as Carolina now sits at 16-11 and on the season. They are an even 8-8 eight and eight in the ACC. And they have lost four of their last five games and two of their last three since that come to Jesus moment after the loss at Wake Forest just a little uh, over a week ago. And um, really just at a just at a loss for words, to, to be honest with you. Um, because this season shouldn't be where it is. This team shouldn't be where they are, which is uh, the most losses by a preseason number one team in the history of the AP poll, which dates all the way back to the 61-62 season. And this is a team that is entered today on the outside looking in for the tournament. And today's loss just made the task that much harder for this team to find a way to compete for a national championship. And um, it's just, it's really like sad isn't the word frustrating isn't the word it's disappointing. Um, It's this is, this is becoming the most disappointing season in the history of the program, a season that started with such hope, such promise, with this belief and expectation that we were going to get back to the final four and win a national title because history tells us that for us to experience the ultimate joy, we got to go through the ultimate heartbreak. Um, Now we're going through the ultimate disappointment because none of these things that we wanted to achieve are are, are going to happen. You're already not going to win an ACC regular season title. Um, I don't see this team winning four games in four days to win an ACC tournament. And that's probably what they got to do to even make this double-A tournament. And right now, there's just no way to see or believe this team's getting into the tournament and making some sort of run just like they did a year ago. And it's it's really disappointing um, because Carolina just they, – they, they've, they've put themselves in positions to win games. They did it again today. And like they've done every single time, it's felt like this season when the going got tough and the the game got to a point where one team had to give in to the other, it feels like this team folds. Um, This is as soft a team I have seen in my 15-plus years watching this program. And I'm talking physically, I'm talking emotionally, and I'm talking mentally. Um, What we saw today – 
from a 54 to 48 lead that uh, became a 55 to 54 deficit as State would outscore Carolina 29 to 15 down the stretch was as as visible a team quitting as I've ever seen. Um, And there's nothing more frustrating, more deflating uh, from a fan than watching your team quit. And that's what this team did today. They threw in the towel when when NC State punched back after we thought we had seized control of the game. And I know Caleb Love got fouled on a three, and he made all three foul shots to give Carolina a 57-55 lead. And I know the game was tied 60-60. But then guess what happened? You gave up a 9-0 run again, and that was effectively the ball game. And um, you know, I, I I tweeted it during during the during the moment that that's that 9-0 run was the game. And that 9-0 run very well may have been the season for Carolina because, you know, they just weren't they weren't tough enough to go on the road in a hostile environment and and get the job done. And mentally tough teams win the, today's game. Physically tough teams win today's game. Emotionally tough teams win today's game. Those type of teams that have those type that type of toughness, they compete for ACC titles and they compete for national titles. And I think it's fair to say um, on February 19th, um, this team isn't an ACC title caliber team, and it sure as crap isn't a national cal- a national title caliber team. And um, when 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 you're neither one of those, you're not meeting the standard that Carolina basketball uh, is is held to. Yeah, well, I mean, especially this season when you come in as a preseason number one ranked team, and you're going to become the first team since the tournament expanded to miss the tournament field and. You can say whatever you want. This team now has to either win four game, four, their final four games of the regular season or they have to win the ACC tournament. And I got to be honest, there is nothing at this point that would make you think that that is possible with this team because, I mean, look, Hubert Davis said it again in the post-game press conference again today that he thinks that good things are going to happen for this team. I mean, look, man, you're running out of time. Like there, there is the margin for error is is gone. There is none, and now you know that you you have to go on the road and beat Notre Dame, a team that's playing a lot better now than it has at any other point this season. Granted, they're not winning, but neither are you at this point. Um, and, and then you still have to face Virginia at home, granted, and Duke at home, but. At this point, I just I don't think it matters. I don't think there is any confidence from just about anybody that is associated with the Tar Heels, either the players, the coaching staff, the fans. There's just there there is nothing left there. That that was I I think the biggest thing that you saw again today was when they got into, you know tough situations when they got into those late game situations where you need them to execute they didn't again it's this has become a theme here down the stretch of the season early in the year you saw some of that with Iowa State with Alabama you thought okay it's early in the season those are two teams that turned out to be really good two teams that you know, or potentially national title good if enough things were to break the right way. But now you're seeing as they've as they've gotten later into the season, it's come against every opponent that they've faced. That's been the biggest issue. And now, once again today, you know, they have a stretch where NC State hits nine of nine shots. During that time, Carolina hits two of nine. So not only were you not getting it done on the defensive end where you just stopped, stopped defending the rim, you did not close out on the basketball, but on the offensive end of the floor, you started taking bad shots and it allowed them to put together a run to separate themselves. And eventually, you know, I mean, there, there was a point where Carolina went from, you know, up 54 to 48. We talked about it, you know, when we were, 
when we were riding home from hanging out with one of our friends to to watch the Daytona 500 that we thought that was the moment where things changed. That foul call underneath on Armando Baycott for a push in the back, which I thought was rather questionable, but it is what it is. That completely changed the game, and I don't understand why. That makes no sense as to why that was the thing that turned this game into a complete disaster because from that point on, NC State completely dominated. Carolina had it 60-60. The, the teams were tied at one point. And that was that that was where everything just completely went wrong. Uh, NC State eventually led 75 to 63, and that was all she wrote. Um, and and it, this is the, the end of the game. It was honestly what we're used to seeing Carolina do to State. We're used to seeing them just overpower them late in games and string together these huge runs to officially put the foot on the throat. That did not happen in this game. And at this point, I just, I I thought this was pretty much their last stand because it's hard. It's hard for me to imagine at this point that this group will not go on the road and lose to Notre Dame. Um, their best chance to win a game is probably against Florida State. And at this point, that could even be in question because you have to imagine in that locker room, especially after what we heard the other night from Armando Baycott, um, you, you would have to imagine that the guys are thinking the same thing, that this season is pretty much done. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you mentioned it's hard to have confidence. I, I know they have confidence in to quit. And to find ways to lose because that's what they've done. Um, the since they since they took that week off in the middle of conference play, which we all sat here and thought was needed because this team was beat up mentally and physically, you know. But they were sitting there at seventeen and or it's fifteen and six and seven three in the league. Now they're eight and eight. You know they had everything in front of them, and this is where we are. And this isn't good enough. This isn't what Tar Heel fans should expect. This isn't what we sign up for. Um, That's not what the players signed up for. You come to Carolina to have the type of preseason that you had where you, you know, recreate an iconic iconic, uh, image from Sports Illustrated. You know, those were fun times. But, you know. Hubert Davis said in the preseason, look, we got to block out all the positive noise and the expect the weight of others' expectations on our shoulders. And look, Tar Heel fans don't need to feel bad about being upset where this, this team is. Because I'm upset with where this team is. Um, I, I have racked my brain for the last three weeks trying to figure out how to fix it. Not that it would do anything except make me feel better. And I think what I I, I came to today, there's no fixing whatever it is that's wrong with this team. And the problem is, is I don't know what exactly is wrong. I, I really don't. I would love to believe that there are other things, you know, that 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 it's it's just Brady Manic's absence. But I don't know if Brady Manick on the court makes Carolina marginally better. I I and, and I'm not joking. Like I know as bad as P. Nance has been, does does Brady Manick make this team four or five wins better? I don't think so. And that's the most I think that's where the frustration has set in. Is whenever Carolina has had bad seasons or down seasons, this is a down bad season. You could look at a, a reason and explain it. Uh, 2019-2020, your whole backcourt at one point was missing due to injury. And we're talking even the two deep at one time was hurt. You were starting walk-on players to to start ACC games. You know, the COVID year was the COVID year, and it was an extremely young group that not being able to experience Carolina basketball in its in its fullness – really impacted those kids. You look back at the early years for for Marcus Page and Bryce Johnson, it was just a team that had to build towards those last, you know, the the back-to-back years where you played in the national title game. 
So, and I think the thing was, was that we knew that it didn't make it any easier to lose the games that we lost, but we always felt like we were building towards those two years and Tar Heel fans wouldn't trade those two years for anything in the world. The year after you won the title in 2009, that was a team that lost a mass exodus of players. And even though that happened after the 05 title, what that team did in 2006 was it was really hard to, to replicate that a second time around in less than five years. And so I think that's where I'm at a complete loss for words, which isn't good because I get paid for a living to talk into a microphone. And so when I don't have a lot of things to say, it means I it, it really means that it, it makes my job that much harder. But I don't really know what's wrong. I I I don't I don't know if it's just the simple fact that these kids aren't good enough, but I have a hard time thinking that because they were a rebound away from a national title. I don't think it's that they don't care enough. I really don't think that's it. I don't think that it's not that they don't try enough because I think they try enough to win games. It's just for whatever reason, it's not there this year. And that's not supposed to happen when you bring back four starters from last year's team, when you bring in a veteran transfer, when you do bring in highly touted, a uh, highly talented freshman and two guys that played off your bench in, in, in major roles down the stretch last year. But you're talking about a team that's 0-9 in quad one games. They've led in six halves of those nine losses. Yep. And I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I really don't. Because I know today at 54-48, I thought Carolina was going to win the ball game. I, I in, in my heart, I believed they were going to win. I really did. And then in a matter of a minute and a half, when Joyner made the three to put them up, 55-54, and like I said, I know Carolina responded a few times. I could look at the t- I could look at him and tell them whatever competitive spirit, the belief, whatever it is, it all evaporated. And the thing is, is that as much as Joe Lenardi, Jay Billis, whoever it is, they want to call, they want to crap on the ACC because you know, Pittsburgh at one point led the conference, Clemson at one point led the conference. This is still a really good conference. NC State's a, a really good basketball team. You can't you can't just quit after a team makes a play or a couple plays. That's gonna happen. That's basketball. That's life. You're gonna get knocked down on your butt, but you got to be able to get back up and fight. And it feels like whenever you know that line in the sand gets drawn, we're not tough enough to cross it and 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 and, and go another round. We give in and. There's nothing that infuriates me more as a fan than watching my team give in. Um, because I and, I, and I mean this, I would much rather go out there and get absolutely blown out than play as well as we did at times, as poor as we did at, at times, and still give our chance to win the game. But because a player or a team makes one or two plays, we just decide, well, we're going to, we're going to pack it in and go back home because this, this ain't our night. That's weak sauce. And that's not, that's not what Carolina basketball has been about, uh, should be about, but that's right now what it is about. Um, Let's take a look at the box score. State shot 45% from the field, 32 of 71. They took 40 shots in the first half, which shouldn't surprise you. We told you in the preview they shot the ball seven, the seventh most of any team in the country with over 62 shots per game. Meanwhile, Carolina, 35%, 22 of 62. And that was with that one point in the second half. They shot 58, they were shooting 58% in the in in, in the second half. They finished the half shooting 32%. So that that just really goes to tell you 
you know, what happened with this team's toughness level when things didn't go their way. Uh, State, not a great perimeter night. Five of 18, 28%. Meanwhile, Carolina, seven of 22, only 32%. They they now remain uh, below 500 in games when they've shot 35% or better from three. When they've shot 35% or better, undefeated, haven't lost a single time. Uh, Free throw shooting, God, I, I I beat the door down saying in the in the pregame, you're not going to outshoot them from the foul line. Carolina made eight more foul shots than NC State attempted. The heels were 18 of 24. Um, NC State, meanwhile, eight of 10. So Carolina plus 10 at the charity stripe. Here's the kicker. Carolina committed 13 turnovers. NC State scored 16 points off of those. Um, State committed just three turnovers. Carolina, just three points off of those. The aggressive team won out. Uh, Carolina pummeled them on the glass, 48-34 overall, 30-24 on the defensive glass, 18-10 on the offensive glass. Carolina 15-11 in second chance points. Carolina's bench outscored State's bench 7-6. And here's the other really big part of the game. Uh, State outscored Carolina in the paint 46-26 and in the fast break 25-7. State with four blocks to two for the Heels. State seven steals, just one for Carolina. The Wolfpack had nine assists on 32 made baskets. Carolina with 22 assists or seven assists on their 22 made baskets. Uh, Let's move on now to the quote of the game. And you kind of referenced where I was going to with Hubert Davis. Um. He said in his postgame, quote, even though I'm disappointed we didn't win tonight, I'm very confident and very hopeful in the group that I coach. Good things will happen to this team. Hubert, read a room. My God. Your team is 16 and 11. You're 8 and 8. You're outside of the tournament. Do you honestly think your fan base wants to hear that? After losing to a team, we hate more than Duke. Honestly, how, how, how does that how does that message, how do those words come out of your mouth? How? Like, explain it to me. Explain to me how after your team for the fourth time in five games lost continues to worsen its chances to compete for the uh, compete in the NCAA tournament, you sit up there and you want to preach confidence. And you're still preaching patience almost. You've got four games left, and every one of them matter. And there's no hope or belief that exists that we're going to win all four of those games. And you should win both games on the road decisively. And both games at home are against teams that on the road you play to, you know, you, you played them 40 minutes and they just made one extra play than you. You would think in your building, you make that play, you win the game. Nobody thinks that though. I I, I just I just don't get it. Like, what is it gonna take for at some point him to publicly publicly express frustration? With this team. Well, they will quit. They will completely quit. And that's the only thing I could think at this point is that he is the, he's trying to remain positive because nobody else is. And I I mean, I just, I I don't, I don't know. What's there to be positive about? You're 16 and 11. I mean, there is nothing to be positive about, but if you come out and say that the season is over, then you will probably have guys that will literally quit the team on the spot. Then okay, then 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 you you have the wrong batch of kids. You're talking about a group that said after the Duke loss, we're going to respond the next game. That next game was Wake Forest. That next game they were down 26. Yeah, I mean, look, there there's there's no. It's like you said earlier. There's no answers for this team. There is, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you because I think they all, I think everybody is to blame. I think it's just simple. This team sucks. There is no other way around it. They are <laughs> a terrible basketball team right now. 
Um, you said Brady Manick, would he be that big of a difference? Oh, hell yeah, he would. Because this team cannot shoot to save their life. They yeah, but is he making a five win improvement difference? I don't think so. They would be the they would be atop the ACC if he was on the on this team. He was that important. He is probably the most important player in the history of this program to a well, single team. Jesus, okay. Like that's I don't, a really, I, that's a really bad look for four guys that came back and said they want to win a national but, championship. Well, but I mean, look, look at look at what they look like without him. They're terrible. They are absolutely terrible. They didn't look this bad last year with Dawson Garcia, though, playing more minutes than he did. I mean, dude, that's up for debate because they looked pretty, pretty damn awful early in the year. And that looked like a team. Remember, they didn't play that many great teams early in the year, and they struggled against a lot of teams. May I remind you, that's a team that almost got beat at home by Brown by almost getting outscored by them. Like this is just this is this is next level bad in terms of how bad this team is shooting wise. And it's the same thing again today, man. Like I thought he played hard. Dude, RJ Davis was two of thirteen from the field. Caleb Love, six of sixteen. There's no efficiency there. They cannot hit perimeter shots. And the same thing, look, early in the year it wasn't there. They were doing a good job. Down the stretch of the season, this team cannot finish at the rim to save their damn life. They cannot. They, they, they take some of the wildest shots I have ever seen when they get near the rim. I mean, these shots aren't even close. I, I just, I, I don't understand how it is possible. But it's everybody. Like, even Armando Baycott, man. Like, he had times again today where he was just throwing stuff up right underneath the rim that wasn't even coming close to going in. I, I don't, I just don't get it. They're so focused on drawing the foul where if they would just focus on finishing when they get to the rim, they would be, they would be a much better basketball team. But this is the point where, where this team is at. I just, there is no there is no point of return right now. I don't see it happening because the only way that they're going to be better is if they start shooting the ball better. And I will I, I'm going to tell you right now, I would not hold your breath for that, Tar Heel fans, because if you do, they'll probably be wheeling you out in a body bag with this team. There is nobody on this team that gives you any sort of confidence that they are going to get into a rhythm shooting the ball. You're going to a place that has been in, incredibly tough on you in years past. Doesn't matter how good the team is that, that that you're playing or not. Notre Dame has a chance to beat you. And look, if you think that it is not over after this, which I'm going to, I mean, at this point, I find it hard to believe that there are many people that do. Um, if, if they lose that game, it is, it, it is hard to see a scenario where they do not lose out. Because at that point, guys probably quit on the team and that's a sad state of affairs. And, you know, I, I think Hubert Davis deserves some criticism, but a majority of it is the, is these guys on the team that just cannot execute that just could not live up to the expectations that they set for themselves. Um, they're a team that the, that once they started losing, they had no answers for it. And it doesn't make any sense because you sure did a hell of a lot of losing the two prior years that you were here. You, you didn't do a lot of winning when you were here. So I don't understand how they haven't been able to adjust and bounce back from this. They've, they've just, they've never grown as players when they've been on campus in terms of their, their mentality. That's, that's never changed. It's been the same thing where anytime there is any sort of adversity they're a group that just sits back and takes it. And there's no there, there's there's no learning from it, it doesn't seem, for a lot of these guys. I mean, you're seeing with the turnover issues that we saw today. Man, these are mistakes that are simple, that freshmen are making. Like, like, like Caleb Love, early in the first half, drives to the left corner and then leaves his feet and tries to throw the ball back to R.J. Davis without looking. Because he had left his feet and couldn't do anything with it. it it's just, 
I, I don't I th- there's there's no explanation as to how these guys have not gotten any better. Like that's stuff that you have to just work on as 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 a player. Like, especially if you want to make it to the next level. And it doesn't seem like right now a lot of these guys are committed. I think a lot of these dudes thought that they were going to come in. This was going to be a team that people were going to roll over for. And they learned early in the year against lesser opponents that that wasn't the case. And by the time that they figured out that teams were going to give them their best, including some really good basketball teams that they faced in Portland. That was the beginning of the end for this team. They bounced back. They won 10 of 12 in the middle uh, of the season. But that second loss to Pittsburgh broke them. And I don't get why, because that's, that's, a, that's a much better Pittsburgh basketball team than in years past. But that was the one that pretty much just destroyed everything. Uh, they they had no confidence after that game, and that's led to where they're at right now. Yeah, it's um, like I said, I I I don't I don't really know what to say at at this point. Um, there's no answers. There really I, there, there really isn't. I feel like I've got to say something because Hubert's just reluctant to. Um, I mean, Armando was the guy that called the team out in the last two games. He, he is, his numbers are there. His impact isn't, he's not, he's not doing the things that he's got to do to, to give himself a chance. And it's just, it's really just, it's just deflating because I would have thought this team knew how important today was. And I'm not going to sit here and say that had they played harder, I wouldn't be less mad. But that game was all but there for you to take it and win. It 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 wasn't like State shot the ball and they did against Duke where they the, the game against Duke for them was over at the under-16 timeout of the first half. That didn't happen. You know, you, you 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 did a lot of things really well defensively the first 28, 30-ish minutes of the ball game. And then it was just like a giant snowball compounding on you and all because you didn't get one call. Heck, you didn't get calls throughout the game. And you knew that going in. You knew with what happened in the first game, with Terquavion leaving the game on a stretcher, as publicly upset as Kevin Keats was in that game, and after his team lost on Tuesday to Syracuse, that there were going to be a lot of calls that were just not going to be played, or they were going to get called. And that's what you allowed because you didn't get one whistle to just completely maybe end your season. You got to be better. I'm not even asking. Be better. That's what the, that's what the name on the front of the jersey requires. That's what it demands. And for the better part of the last two seasons, last three, last four, this team hasn't met the demand that that uniform, uh, you know, it, it expects when it walks on the basketball court. Stat of the game, pretty simple. Points off of turnovers. Carolina three, NC State sixteen. Plus 13 margin for State. State wins the game by eight. Um, Pretty easy to, to tell you, you know, why Carolina lost. You, you, you can't get outscored in that, that area of the game, plus 13 on the road, and expect to win. Not even national title teams can overcome that. You're, you're a mediocre at best basketball team. You dang sure. You dang sure ain't coming over. The you know that that type of that that type of poor you know, play because you simply didn't value the ball, and you're right. Half of those turnovers today, heck, I might even say three quarters of them were just borderline stupid plays. the 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 lack of basketball IQ for a team that is as experienced as this 
is mind-boggling. It, it's, it's literally mind-boggling. They make me want to pound my head into a two-by-four until I pass out. Jeez. Watching the turnovers this team commits on a routine basis. It's not just every – or it's not every once in a while. We're talking every game – Juniors and seniors are committing bonehead, stupid, inexcusable turnovers. And you want to know why it happens every freaking game? Because is there any repercussions for their mistakes that happen on the court? No. Am I supposed to answer that question? I mean, it, we they, all know they, that. They, they, they make mistakes. And nothing gets happened. Nothing happens. Well, there is the no guys that come in make the same mistakes, if not worse. They're there, they're there's, all, there's they're all no, just awful. There's no right consequences now. for not meeting the standard. None. And that's not that's not right. When you don't do if I don't go into my job tomorrow and I don't do my job, I'm liable to get fired. I'm not going to get sit there and be told, well, you know, try again next time. I mean, no. they've they've wheeled you out how many weeks in a row, so I wouldn't I wouldn't compare that to be honest. Like they will they'll go find somebody else to do my job. Why can't that happen on the court? Can we not find somebody else who won't just dribble the ball into three guys and give up a layup on the other end? Can we not find a guy who knows not to leave his feet and try to make a pass in the corner? Like, is is it really – are we asking too much for players to be held responsible, for players to be held accountable? Is that asking too much? Yes, because the guys that are coming on the floor – you and everybody else doesn't want out there anyways because they can't I score. don't care. Nobody 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 can score. But then they make mistakes and then who else do you put in? Like if you want to win, you have to play the guys that give you the best chance to win. Now I agree. I don't think Pete Nance is that guy. I, I just I've seen enough of him right now to say that is not the dude that gives you the best chance to win. You need to have your best five out there more often than not. And Puff Johnson is the guy that gives you a better chance to win. Is I would he a rather great offensive play four player? on five than Got play me. Pete Nance. I'm not even joking. I'd rather play four on five than 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 than, than Pete Nance play. And look, I know Adam Lucas wrote in his article that you're starting to see a different rotation take shape because well, he played 22 minutes and so did Puff Johnson. But one of those minutes are 28 for Puff and 16 for Pete Nance. Is this a different game? No. We, we don't know no. because we're not willing to find out. I, I don't know. And look, I know he made a really tough three. He made he made one play in the game where I thought he made an impact. One. As a starter. As a fifth-year player. Dude. And look, I know Puff's numbers aren't mind-blowing. Seven points, two of five from the field, three of four from the foul line, but he grabbed seven rebounds. The film doesn't lie. And unless Hubert sees a different film than what I see, there's more of an impact from Puff Johnson than there is from Pete Nance. Unless I'm just not seeing something that Pete Nance is doing that is so good that even though his minutes have been, are being cut, his role is still what it is. He's still in the crucial moments. That's the guy Hubert Davis is going to trust to be on the court. It, don't, it doesn't make sense. There's no I mean, value in him being on the court in crunch time. None. He does nothing for you except make mistake after mistake and trot back down the court as if it doesn't affect him. There's no emotion out of him whenever he messes up. Well, that's None. that's nobody on the team. That's, I mean, that's, that's another big problem with the team as a whole is that half the time it doesn't seem like they care that they're getting their ass kicked. Like, it didn't seem like that again today. They kind of just 
they they kind of just said, all right, well, we've been here before. What? A, who cares? And that's it's embarrassing. Like I, I just I, I don't but but I don't there's no solutions on this bench that are surefire things. There were people complaining today. Well, why didn't we see Jalen Washington at any point? Guys, what the hell is he gonna do in this game? Nothing. What is he gonna do defensively? He he ain't coming in there and defending DJ Burns. He's not he's not built the way he needs to be built right now. But you can't look, can't blame that on the coaching staff because he was injured. He, he was a guy that wasn't even able to fully practice until the team was in season. So I, I just, there, there is, there, there is no solutions. Like the main thing, again, it still goes back to if Carolina was able to score the ball at a high rate in this game, they would have won this game. They couldn't score the ball at a high rate because they're just not good offensively. They are not, they, they are not a good shooting basketball team. They can't knock down shots from the perimeter. And that's the biggest thing that they've got to find. What has to change, they have to find they, they have to find guys on the wing that can actually shoot the basketball. Because they don't have that right now. And pretty much what teams are doing is they're just packing it inside, doubling the post, and doing everything they can to make shots difficult for the two guards and saying, hey, make the other two guys beat us. And it ain't happening. It's not. And now Carolina's gotten to the point. They 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 had a stretch there where they were trying to let the other guys make shots. Now they're just realizing, the guards are realizing, we, we just have to shoot the basketball and pray it goes in. Or Armando has to throw up crazy shots when he's getting doubled. or And, and that just translates into him doing that all the time, it seems. It's just, it's taken this offense out of rhythm. And since that Pittsburgh game, They've been horrendous. There's just there's no other way around it, and it's not going to change because they don't they don't have the ability to change that. They don't have guys that can shoot the ball. They won't for the rest of the season, and that's the main thing they have to go find in the transfer portal. It's just that simple. Because I don't think any of the freshmen coming in fit this billing of somebody that can knock down shots consistently from the outside. So, yeah, that's where they're at. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get you this message, latest offer I have for you from DraftKings. And when we come back, more venting, more screaming, more yelling as we go through Carolina's disappointing, potentially seasoning, uh, season-defining loss at NC State. Uh, that's coming up next on the Four Corners podcast, back, or the, back after this message from DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus and bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Guys, I do this all the time with over-unders. I do it with the first three porn that's going to be made by Stephen Curry more or, or, or you know, Ja Morant, LaMelo Ball, whatever it is. Do all of these same-game parlay actions at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Man, we really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all those great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Uh, same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast. Use those promo codes, codes. Uh, play some sympathy, uh, sympathy bets. Maybe you'll make some extra money, so you can pay someone else to watch the Tar Heels play basketball instead of yourselves. Because right now it's just too frustrating. It's too heartbreaking. Um, it's not fun. 
I think I said that after the Miami game is that this, this isn't fun. And today wasn't fun. Um, you know, I, I think the thing that I get really tied up in where I get upset is um, this disdain that exists for NC State brings out probably the best fan in me where the, the amount of love and passion I have for Carolina really comes through in these, in these moments because I want to beat them. I want to embarrass them. Um, and today we had to watch them celebrate as if they actually won something. And, you know, if, if this is a loss that does effectively keep Carolina out of the, out of the tournament, I do think, you know, I would expect nothing less for that, that program to hang a banner to celebrate some sort of achievement. But as much as I hate NC State, this rivalry is very important to the conference that we all love. It, you, you can't tell the history of ACC basketball without telling Carolina NC State. He played an integral part of how important basketball became in the South and how important and, and why this conference was for the longest time considered the greatest college basketball conference in the country. It's not today. That's the Big 12. We could argue the Big Ten's better. That's a different topic for a different discussion, for a different time to me, for, for me to yell about. But in my lifetime, Carolina has thoroughly dominated this rivalry, which I have thoroughly enjoyed. There's been nothing more I've enjoyed than watching coach after coach put on that stupid red blazer and lose to Carolina. There's nothing, I mean, nothing gets me happier. And the first game between these two felt like old school ACC hoops where it was, you know, delivered. It was physical. It was intense. And today it was just as much, if not more, than the first game. I mean, their crowd was fantastic. The physicality was there as it usually is. Um, and I, I think where I get mad was that in so many years, Carolina was able to overcome adversity and find ways to win games when they didn't shoot the ball well. When they didn't, when they turned it over too much, and today that didn't happen. Yeah, I mentioned up fifty four forty eight. I, I, I really, I really believed in my heart Carolina was going to win. And at one point, State was nine of nine for they. They made nine straight shots. They finished the game three for three. You, you know, they they scored twenty nine points. It, it felt like in two minutes, maybe even three. You know, it was it was just an avalanche. And I, I think that's where I got the most frustrated was I really thought we were going to rise to the occasion, go into a hostile building and 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 win the game. And I'm not comparing this game at all last year to, to Duke. But from a confidence standpoint, who knows what a win today would have done for this team. To go into that environment and win a game would have been the be the most impressive thing this team's done all season long. It would have put them in the NCAA tournament field from a projection standpoint. That's how much weight the game carried. And we didn't get the job done. And it's 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 really it's really frustrating. Cause for as bad as we played. As bad as we shot the ball, as bad as we turned it over, you were right there, and you 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 let the game slip away. Um, you know, I we, we kind of got into it with the rotation before we went to break. Seth Trimble played six minutes off the bench. Puff Johnson twenty two. Tyler Nickel five. Demarco Dunn was on the court for such little time; he didn't even register a minute. How does that happen? He's been your most consistent bench player all season long when he wasn't hurt. And yet when he came off of injury, like literally the night of, his minutes were picked right back up where they left off, playing anywhere from about 10 to 15 minutes a night. How in this game does Seth Trimble outplay DeMarco Dunn? How? How? 
just I don't know. I, I guess felt that they needed another ball handler. I I don't at this point I don't know. I don't understand the rotations. They're they're way they're way way too much like NBA rotations. And that just that's not that's not something that I think works at this level. I just that's I mean I get certain matchups but I don't really understand at this point what you think Seth Trimble is bringing to you on the offensive end of the floor. Now, granted, I don't think that DeMarco Dunn is really going to bring you game-changing offensive play. But, I mean, we've seen he scored the ball a little bit better than Seth Trimble has. And, I mean, you have R.J. Davis. There was never – I mean, R.J. Davis never left the floor. He played 40 minutes today. So – I, yeah, I mean, I, I would have thought DeMarco Dunn would see more playing time, but at this point, at this point with the rotation, there is just no, there is no way to predict what is going to happen with from game to game. It is different every single time this team takes the floor. There is no consistency to it, kind of like the team itself. So, honestly, it's not really that shocking. Like, at this point, there is nothing about this team that is – consistent except maybe the fact that they're going to continue to let you down whenever you start believing in them again they're like women on dating apps like i just i mean this is the point that we are at right now where there's just there is absolutely no consistency and it, it was it was not this bad last year everybody wants to say that this is this is exactly what happened last year before this team got hot no not really now, you started to see this team become more consistent in certain areas. Um, I'm, I mean, we're, we're at the point now where, honestly, I don't know what to expect from any single player every time this team takes the floor. There's just – there's no there's no book on these guys. There's no – there there's nobody that you look at on this team. And, I, I, I mean, at this point, like, you're going to have your guys that are going to score in double figures. But half the time, I mean, look at Caleb Love today. He, he gets to 20 points, but he backdoors it with two late threes that mean absolutely nothing. And that's become that's become a routine now, late in these games, where he just hits these shots late in games that mean absolutely nothing. That if he hits earlier, probably me, I mean, probably keeps you in the game. Um I, I mean, you know, it's it's just there's there, there's there's no way heading into a game that you can feel confident in this team because you just you, you you're going in every night. I mean, it is it is exactly like watching a middle of the road NBA team where you have no idea which players are going to show up to play that night. You have you know, but but this isn't an NBA regular season where you can continue to lose, and as long as you get hot at some point in the season, you can make the playoffs. It's it's not gonna happen. So I, I just I don't know. It seems like there's an NBA mindset that's being taken towards a lot of elements of this team. We don't and have NBA caliber players. That's a stupid mindset. It's it's not it's not working. It's not sustainable. Like you 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 want to run your program like an NBA program, go get NBA talent. And look, well, it's no, out there. It, it doesn't no no. It doesn't it doesn't matter what type of talent you get trying to run an NBA program at the college level does not work we have seen John Calipari try to do that for years and his teams are frankly just as awful as as Carolina here recently if not worse like they're they haven't been good they want him fired they hate him there at Kentucky now so and and they're going to do the same thing that they've always done they they picked up a huge win the other day against Tennessee. That team will go into the tournament, and then the first round they will get their asses handed to them because they are not good. They are not well coached anymore. That's just that's where that program is at, and I don't understand why you would want to get to that point. But this is one of the things that we heard from Hubert Davis when he came in that he was going to take things from Roy, from Dean. And from Pat Riley, who coached him at the NBA level because he was an all-time great. That's fine. Pat Riley was an all-time great. We know that as Knicks fans. Pat Riley is 
I mean, there's a reason that he coached at the NBA level and was so successful there. You cannot run a college basketball program like an NBA team. It doesn't work, especially in the modern era. It, it's just, it is, if you're trying to model what the NBA game is, this team will not win anything. Another issue today was points in the paint. Um, and that was, I mean, some of it was, yeah, Carolina couldn't keep stay in front of Joyner. Uh, he was fantastic today. I think he was, indeed, man, he may have been the best player on the court. He scored uh, 29 points, 11 of 21 shooting. DJ Burns added 18, 9 of 15 from the field. And I, I we saw in the first matchup, Pete Nance couldn't guard him. And it felt like every time that State needed a bucket, when Burns was on the court, who was guarding DJ Burns? Pete Nance. And that's – those are the matchup things. That's the game within the game. That's what that that's something that Hubert has got to get better at. It, it, it always feels like we're adjusting – to what other people are doing. We're having to re we're having to react to what they're doing. We're never forcing the issue and making them react to us. And you know, you got to give Kevin Keats credit. He's done a really good job this year and an important season for him. He thoroughly outcoached Hubert Davis again today. Um but I mean, you can't give up 46 points in the paint on the road in this conference and expect to win. You give up 46 points in the paint at home, you're going to lose. But on the road, yeah, 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 you, you know, and it's it's just like the thing is, is that they know this, and yet I I thought the way that they defended ball screens was wrong from the the moment NC State first set one, um, where we decided to not only just go under the screen, but the other guy who had responsibility on the screen was was falling back even further away from the basket, taking themselves out of a chance to contest the shot. I don't think we well, I don't think we blitzed a screen all game. We never once trapped them off a of, off a of ball screen. How? How? Knowing that their shooters love that mid-range jump shot. That's where they get their rhythm from. Is because both Smith and Joyner are three level scorers. What we thought Caleb Love and RJ Davis were going to be this year. Well, right now, they're no-level scores because it's just not working. And, you know, that's where whoever his lead assistant is, whether it's Sean May, Jeff Lebo, Brad Frederick, somebody, somebody's got to tell them, we got to fix that. That ain't working. That's not, no. And, you know, that just, that didn't happen again in this game. There was no adjustments made to what state was doing to impact the game. Um, the, the, the only thing I thought we did right today was we pressed throughout the game. And that even backfired. The one thing that I have literally complained about from every game since the Virginia Tech game, we do today and we lose. That's how you know this thing is disjointed. When even that wasn't good enough to to overcome some things, and then, I mean, by God, we 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 pounded them on the glass, forty eight thirty four. You would have told me going in, Carolina wins the rebounding battle, forty eight thirty four. I tell you, we win the ball game. Instead, we lose by eight because they 30. came up. They came up with with how many offensive rebounds when they needed it too. That's yeah. That's the thing, man. Timely rebounding. We've talked about it all year. They just they can't they they can't find ways to grab the rebounds when they need to. They turn the ball over or take bad shots when they don't need to. It's it's just this looks like a team that is full of freshmen. And they're not. They're veteran guys that are making freshman mistakes over and over again. And the problem is is the dudes behind them are actually freshmen. And make the same mistakes. So, well, I mean, it just, it comes back to a level of toughness that doesn't exist. 
And um, I'm not going to say that this cost Carolina the game. Game 69-63. State has a run-out dunk. Ross misses the dunk. And he hangs on the rim. That's a technical foul. It always has been. It always will be. And in that moment, where Hubert Davis should have opted to where if his antics would have gotten him te- a technical foul, in that moment where his team needed a pick-me-up, they needed to know that their coach had their back, that their coach was fighting for them, he questioned the call. He didn't argue it. He didn't plead his case. And we talk about a lack of fire emotion. We we talk about a lack of toughness. It starts at the top and it, and it permeates. Every team ever takes on the identity of its head coach. Every team. Whether that's a good identity or that's a bad identity. And the identity that this team has is that they think at some point it's going to click because that's what they're being told, is that at some point this is all going to come together. Well, you're 16 and 11, you're 8 and 8 in the league. If it comes together, it might not even matter because the clock has probably struck zero on your season. Well, I mean, it would it, it if it all comes together, then you win the ACC tournament and you're in. I mean, that's that that would be it. But I mean, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to really hold your breath on that one at this point. I mean, I don't know. I just I it it there there it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense at, at this point. And I mean, I I get. I get where he's coming from trying to keep these guys at least with with something to fight for because if you don't think there's anything left to fight for then you're not going to play. I, I just I mean I don't know. I, I I again, that's not me saying that he's above criticism because there there is a lot of stuff here. I've talked about, you know, some of the stuff that they've done on the offensive end of the floor. Um you know, I think here here lately you got to start questioning how ready this team is at times for some of these games um, because, I mean, it, early in the game today, it didn't seem like this team was ready to go either. But, I, I mean, I, I just – right now I think it's just a bad combination. And I've said it. I think they they are probably going to have to make at least some coaching staff changes Hubert is going to have to make some tough decisions with the guys that he currently has on his on his staff this offseason. Um, and there's going to have to be a lot of turnover within the program just as a whole. A lot of these guys are not going to be coming back, even though they have more eligibility. There's not. So, yeah, I, I, I just – there's th- – this is, this is as demoralizing of a loss as – we've seen in a long, long time. Um, I mean, you can probably go back to the 2010 season, but here's the thing. That team, people people are saying that the 8-20 and 20 team was was this disappointing. It, was that team preseason number one? Was that team expected to basically be the second coming of the 2017 team, the Redemption Tour Part 2, as we titled it? No. This was the most hyped-up, team that has fallen flat on its face as we have ever seen maybe in college basketball like that is how historically bad this is and I I mean there's a point where you just question I mean do they do they do they really care that they are this bad they probably do but when you have to question that because it just doesn't seem like they do at times I mean that that's the thing that I think has a lot of people just frustrated and angry. And I, I mean it's it's hard for people to keep any sort of positivity about where where this team is heading. Yeah. Um uh, this what this team is heading into is a is a is a program in need of a rebuild in year two of a coach that um 
enter the year with legitimate national title hopes and aspirations. And it hasn't come together. And if this team, if this team misses the tournament, um, 2023, 2024 is going to be a pretty big one for Hubert Davis. And so, um, that is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Guys, before we let you go, uh, we do want to encourage you to visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com, where if you want to depress yourself even more, go read about Carolina's loss to, to, to NC State. Be more thoughts, more takeaways posted for you on the website. Uh, I'll be back later this week getting you ready for a very important game against Notre Dame. Um, it's not going to do anything for Carolina's tournament seating, but they need a win. About as bad as I need a beer. Um, and then if, on the football side of things, Anthony has the five players I need to step up the most for Carolina in the upcoming season. Also has an article about guys who to keep an eye on as the XFL is trying to come back for the third time. Kind of like how many times Rock has come back to ruin the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, all that great content, football and basketball, that's HeelToughBlog.com. And as for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up uh, where we encourage you guys to rate, review the podcast. Uh, but more importantly, we want you to hit that subscribe button. Um, we'll still be here previewing and recapping games individually throughout the re- end of the regular season for the ACC tournament. And no matter where Carolina's postseason fate is, We'll be sitting here talking Carolina basketball with you guys. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the season. But with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Of the show. I want to thank Anthony once again for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys uh, for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. It just doesn't get any sweeter than that!